Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. New series Naomi airs Tuesdays at 9, 8 central, or you can stream free next day on The CW app. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And the biggest movie of 2022 finally has a trailer. It's actually tall news. Tall Girl 2, the sequel to the movie that bravely asked, what if a girl was tall? Truly, as a tall person, do you feel excited by this sequel representation wise? As a tall white man, I feel like I'm underrepresented in the movies. Uh, yeah. Short white men are represented all over the place. Average height white men are re- represented everywhere. But as a tall white I man, can't you know, we really. I or not. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I actually can't. I'm totally joking. I'm just like, who do we have? Vince Vaughn, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Will this movie finally answer the question that I've been wa- wanting for this entire tall girl rollout? Are they making other people shorter to make her taller? Or is she actually that tall? Compared to the other actors. Like, you know how they they famously put Tom Cruise on an apple box? Is she walking on stilts? Like, I truly, and I don't mean that, like, you can't be this tall, but I just, I want to know if it's an optical illusion that we're dealing with here. I think she actually just is that tall. Can you guess how tall she is? Ava Michelle, the star of Tall Girl? What's unfortunate is that women are so unexpected to be tall that I'm sure she's not even that tall. Is she, like, 6'4"? She's 6'2". She see that's that's crazy. It's like not even that tall. How tall are you again? Five four. Oh, I'm five three. Five three. We're five, like, three. we're just like out here begging men to be six foot or over, and you get mad when a girl is six two. Like, that's crazy. I mean, that's high school. So <laughs> the struggles of okay. being a tall girl in high school. Can you guess how tall Steve Zahn is, who plays her dad? <sighs> five eight at most. You're half correct. I mean, you're correct because he is five seven, so five eight at okay. most is correct. Can you guess Thanks. how tall Angela Kinsey is, who plays her mother? I mean, five five. Five one. Oh, five he's one a short plus girly. five seven equals six two. Can you guess how tall Sabrina Carpenter is, who plays her sister? Uh, five three. Hmm. Is she like five feet? People can't really come to an agreement on how tall Sabrina Carpenter is. Okay. Capitalfm.com says that she's 4'9". (laughs) Celebheightwiki.com says that she's 5'0". And Celeb Health Magazine says that she's 5'1". So let's let's call her 5' nothing. How about Let's that? call her five foot. She's wow. five foot. I knew she was a shorty. And <laughs> what if when Olivia Rodrigo had said, you're probably with that short girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tall girl to synopsis. Let's see what it's about. Jodie Kramen deals with her newfound popularity. Her miscommunications, however, start causing rifts with those around her. And now she really needs to, quote, stand tall. <laughs> You're listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with comments. This is actually neither question nor comment, but it's essential is what it is. Guys, I am literally calling you from work to tell you about this Yelp review I just saw for a gym in Los Angeles called Mansion Fitness. Uh, One of the reviews is one out of five stars, and it says they shot a porn here during the middle of the day in the boot camp room, and it goes on to explain about the porn, and the the business owner responded, and, and this is what the first paragraph says. I'm truly sorry you did not have a great experience here. As owner of the gym, I strive to meet every client's needs personally. The porn you mentioned that was shot in our gym was actually R&B superstar Tinashe's photo shoot, and we were honored to have her. And then it links to the photo shoot, and I just thought of you guys right away, so felt like this might entertain you. All right, crunch, crunch. (laughs) <laughs> Tanache did not shoot a porn in the mansion gym in Los Angeles, California. She shot a photo shoot. Not to be rude, but don't they f- shoot porn everywhere in LA? Like, <laughs> I don't watch enough porn to know about like locations and have them come up multiple times. But I assume if you're watching kind of uh, at a certain level porn, you're going to start to see repeats start of locations. Repeats. You're going to say you're gonna that's gonna see the some mansion people's gym? Airbnb houses. Yeah. 
You're going to see some of those places they sold on Selling Sunset. Oh, I think I saw Tanache work out there. Like, And if they do <laughs> shoot porn in there, it wasn't while Tanache was there. Tanache was doing a photo shoot. The, the, the photo shoot was from fall 2014. Um, I couldn't find it anywhere because the link that Derek I, who owns the business, posted is no longer active. It was tanachemusic.com slash, you know, a bunch of gibberish. But I do trust that it was indeed a photo shoot. And I can, I can, I mean, Tanache in a gym. I can visualize that easily. <laughs> yeah, she's jumping on a little trampoline. Yes, she's very active. She's physical. Okay, um, right. okay next call. Great call. Thank you. Hey, Who Weekly, uh, medium time, first time. I had to pause the pod on Friday when you were talking about Anthony's missing award because it turns out that I have a friend who has a mutual best friend with Anthony's boyfriend. Sorry, a little complicated. But uh, long story long, I was able to get the message to them, and it turns out it wasn't a Golden Globe or an Emmy like we thought. It's actually an MTV Moonman. So hopefully this is the first step in getting it back to him because the story is true and they've been looking for it everywhere. So figured you'd like an update. Hopefully we can work on getting these Moon Man and Anthony back together. Um, yeah, so that's it. Lindsay Podcaster, Crunch Crunch. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. We want nothing more than to reunite Anthony with this fucking statue. <laughs> I hope that's clear. Like, uh, we're giggling mm-hmm. our way through this process, but I wanted to be very, very clear that I really would like to get this back to him, right? Like, this is not satisfying to me unless we make this happen. Unless there is a photo of the moon man in Antony's house. In his hands, even. I would love that. <laughs> okay, so we have reached out to both parties. I will say a lot of people who listen to this podcast have a connection to Antony. I don't know what that says about our podcast, but <laughs> everyone's like, I happen to know him. I'm like, a lot of you happen to know him. A lot of people know <laughs> Antony, and Antony is confirmed aware of this. <laughs> I'm not surprised that he's only like a few connections away, you uh-huh. know, barely one connection away. Uh-huh. He's aware. We're aware. We reached out to the original caller. They're trying to source the person who told them the story. We're trying to get it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're working our fucking hardest to get it together. We really are. And we're almost we're almost there. I think we're almost there. <sighs> I hope so. We have to get in touch with that original person. We also got this call, which I love. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. So um, this is like literally nothing, but I have good news for the person who has Anthony Porofsky's Emmy or the person whose friend has it or their friend. Basically, like it's not illegal if it's not USPS to open mail. So like there's no way that the Emmys or the Golden Globes or whatever, like mailed it via USPS, like they FedExed it or they UPSed it. So like... You can open it. You can do whatever you want with it because they're not the government and you can't be charged with laws, I think. I don't know. I'm also not a lawyer. I'm 22 and didn't graduate college, but I don't know. That's what I read somewhere at one point. Uh, Lindsay Podcaster, crunch, crunch. Bye. You heard it here first. (laughs) A 22-year-old who is not a lawyer says that they're pretty sure you can open up a UPS or FedEx package or laser ship and that it's not illegal. You can't argue that this isn't the essence of the show and that we encourage calls like this by our tone and our own, like, not expertise, you Mm -hmm. know? A 22-year-old calling and saying, I know nothing, I've learned nothing, I'm barely born, but here is how this works is, like, the essence of our show, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. So thank you to that 22-year-old. I cannot speak to the illegality or legality of opening someone else's UPS, FedEx, or DHL package, but the law that I was citing, it's a federal crime to open someone's mail, explicitly and exclusively refers to USPS mail. So... I was referencing a law that only applies to USPS. Right. And that itself is kind of a misnomer because I feel like it gets tossed around very casually. Like it's illegal to open someone else's mail, but it's not quite the full story. Not Mm -hmm. that you should be going around opening people's mail, but if you are, if you are delivered something by accident, you want to get it back to the right person. Sometimes you got to get in there. I got a, someone's package once, like my upstairs neighbors, I just 
got the package, opened it up, looked inside, and I was like, what the hell is this? And I don't even remember what it was, but it was an Amazon box. And I was like, oh no, I opened up someone's Amazon box. And I had to like tail between my legs, walk upstairs and be like, hi. But that's like standard. Everyone has the same box. They it all look the really same. It was really awkward. They were annoyed. They was? didn't. They were what very. Was it? Like a- I don't something embarrassing. I don't know. I don't even remember what it was. Like I, I opened oh. it up and it was just like I don't remember. It was there was another box inside the box. You know, Amazon puts a box inside a box and it's surrounded by like plastic. Well, it's you know the real. I'm just trying to think of the last thing I would order on Amazon that I wouldn't want a neighbor to accidentally open and have to give back to me. And like there are various it, once in every five Amazons, there's something truly appalling that I don't need them to see. You know, <laughs> truly <laughs> appalling. Well, this wasn't, I would have remembered if this were appalling. I don't even remember what it was. I was just like, I didn't order this. It was something weird that I very, very obviously didn't order. And when I walked upstairs, I was like, I'm so sorry, but I was expecting a package today. When this came to my door, I just opened it and I quickly realized it wasn't mine. So here it is. I'm so sorry. They were very clearly bothered. I thought that they would maybe laugh it off like, ha ha ha, don't worry about it. But it was like, oh, you opened it? It was something like that. You opened it? And I was like, yeah, but I thought, Only you get these, find these people (laughs) in your world. I'm starting to realize that this is probably a me problem, not just like a coincidence. It's probably not, but I do. What sort of energy am I putting out to the world? (laughs) Well, it's not you. It's not in this situation. It's in this scenario. It's not you, but, but... I can't imagine somebody not being like, oh, that's funny. Bye, neighbor. Like, you know why? You know why? why? You know what the problem is? Why? This is tall boy problems. I'm this just is tall say, boy. Because you're too this tall. This is tall boy three. <laughs> tall boy three. I am too tall, and people find me unpleasant and, and untrustworthy. That's not true. That's mm-hmm. tallness is not associated with untrustworthiness. <laughs> I don't know. You can't make that up. Oh, I don't know. Honestly, you guys, I feel like Tall 2 was prematurely greenlit. Bobby had an, an amazing Indeed. narrative for you on Tall How 2. and you dare didn't you speak to, to the problems of tall people as a non-tall person? Okay? Don't speak for me. Miss 5'4". God. <laughs> me? So rude. Oh. Yeah. Who's 5'4"? Me? You. I'm 5'3". Miss 5'3". <laughs> Ugh. Don't, Don't give me an act inch like more. you know the plight of the tall boy. <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait for a tall girl three. Me coming soon to like Barry Weiss's Substack. Me complaining about being <laughs> tall. <Stop laughs> Bobby, I heard your recent episode of Who Weekly, and I feel like you have the perfect voice for like a column. Um, <laughs> my insane pivot. <laughs> But it would be really funny because it would just be you getting into situations that have nothing to do with your height. Like right. You'd no, be exactly. Like, I, you could be like, I went to the coffee shop and they were slightly rude to me. And I know it's because I'm tall. And everyone's like, what? Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, medium time. I'm calling to ask, do you know if Kwame Anwache from Top Chef and Yvonne Orji are dating I follow Kwame on Instagram, and I noticed that they kind of tag each other a lot in their stories and whatnot. So I was wondering if there was going, anything going on there. Also, I don't know if you guys watched the show, but love to know who your favorite uh, Top Chef contestants are and who do you think is the vemiest of all the Top Chef contestants. Love to hear your thoughts. Crunch, crunch. I haven't watched Top Chef in so long, which is a big really? problem of mine. Who are the vemiest Top Chefs? You got the Voltaggio <laughs> brothers. You got Carla Hall. You got uh, Melissa. It's hard because it's like who has broken out into their own thing. They all kind of have like restaurants and our things. I think Carla's way up there. Well, because she she got the job on the talk show. She got the talk show job. I think the Voltaggio brothers are just good personalities. Richard Blaze, who now hosts All Stars. And he got the He's hair. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I feel like the most famous people from Top Chef are the judge, are the hosts still, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But you weren't asking that question. They asked if Kwame and Yvonne Orji of uh, Insecure fame, and now, well, now she hosts that dating show called My Mom, Your Dad. Wait, what? It's like watching your parents, there's something goggle boxian about it, but then you watch your parents go on dates. Your own parents. Your own parents. With each other. So it's like kids who have single parents say, Oh, oh, I want my parents. mom. Yeah, it's like I want my mom to go on a date and then they find a match and then that's another single parent and then the kids uh, watch the dates happen together. Together. 
the, the yeah. kids of the parents. The kids of the parents. Ooh, so that's her like new thing. Fucked up Brady Bunch shit. It's actually sort of cute. I watched the first well, here's episode. The thing about this caller. I think they know something that we don't know because I searched them both on Twitter thinking like, oh, people are going to be asking this question as well. If you're asking it, other people are asking it. Not one mention of both of their (laughs) names in this context. And the only reasons you might think this are, uh, you know, a a while ago when she had a stand-up special, an HBO special, this was like quite maybe a year ago at this point, he did an Instagram that was like, so proud of my friend for the premiere of her comedy special, Mama, I Made It, blah, 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 blah. Then more recently, this is from November 2021, there's a photo of them that's four people, two are their friends, two are them. He's got his arm like slung around her, but not necessarily. Bobby thinks they're fucking because Bobby it's, thinks. Oh, well, I don't they're think fucking. they're fucking because she's a virgin famously. Okay, but that's, that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> but I think they might be in a relationship. Okay, I don't think so. It's gone from support my friend by watching her stand-up special to I'm at a Jets game with two. Like, it looks like a double date. There's a man and a woman who are not identified in the photo. And You're then being Yvonne very heteronormative right now. <laughs> I know, but that's what happens when I see heterosexual people. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're letting your heteronormative brain run wild on this one. Sees a man, a woman, a man, a woman, and is like, two couples dating. A man, a woman, a man, a woman at a Jets game. Okay, I'm allowed. A man, a woman, and a man and a woman who are on record as being heterosexual. I'm allowed to say there's something heterosexual about this. <laughs> and if this game wasn't heterosexual enough, you know who was also there? BB Rexa. Wearing a custom jersey that says BB on the back. BB Rexa. BB Rexa. Anyways, this caller called because his ex-fiance is on Summer House. Maya which is Allen. like... Ay, ay, ay. So they were together for a really long time. They moved to New York together. They're both in the culinary world. That's right. what's crazy. He went on right. one reality show and now she's going on another one. But his was like, I'm going on this show to be like a chef, like to build my name in cooking. And hers is like, I'm going I go on this show habits. to like maybe fuck a dude and have a free house for the summer. Like, <laughs> do you? There's been there's been careers launched on less. But you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a yeah. little bit of a different scenario here. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're both in the industry and in the culinary industry on Maya just got a Us Weekly Five Things to Know About Her, and it's Maya Allen. It's bleak. I mean, talking about heteronormativity, it's all, you know, about Kwame. It should be illegal to publish this, to be honest. Like, it should be like the Bechdel test of Us Weekly. If it really like should be. More than three of the five items are about a man. We shouldn't post this, you know? Or just about the partner, you know? Like, if it's <laughs> yeah, about sorry, the yes, relationship. The partner. If this is right. about a relationship, like, no. You have to get the majority of things to be about them before you're allowed to do it. Yes. Only, like, one to two items can be about the the peg of the article, which is, like, why we're posting this. I love this platform of yours. This is a great platform. <laughs> Maya Allen, five uh, things to know about the Summer House newcomer and her ex-fiance, Kwame Unwachi. Listen to this. Number uh, one. Sure. She's friends with Paige, which is... I guess you watch Summer House. I don't. So the way it works is when you want to, it's like the Real Housewives when you want to invite a newbie, then it's like, oh, they're a friend of X. Like if you were on Summer House, you were like, this is my friend Bobby. (laughs) The way to bring people onto the show is like this like secret casting that is shown like they do essentially casting, but then they have to pretend like they're friends with. But Mm -hmm. I also think at this point they do recommend their friends, you know, so it is a little bit of both, you know. And you want, I guess, authentic relationships among these people. Well, you want everybody to have, like, their girly that they can, like, go to to, like, talk shit about everybody else. So okay. it has to be, like, a friend, you know? Number one, she's friends with Paige. While Maya uh-huh. is introduced to the group through Paige, whom she met while going out at NYC, it's clear she hit right. it off with Amanda and Sierra during summer 2021. Quote, you're my favorite person on Summer House, Amanda commented on Maya's Instagram in January. Okay. Number two, also personal. This is about Maya. She's self-employed. Maya previously worked as the director of operations alongside Kwame at Billy Wing Fry Restaurant in D.C. Okay, that's Self-employed? <clears throat> Self-employed, but then it says she now works as a private chef and founded The Need, K-N-E-A-D, a scratch-made cookie delivery service in NYC. Okay, gonna have oh. to get some of those. Oh. I'm gonna say, sounds great. Okay. I'm in. 
Three, four, five, all Kwame. She moved to NYC with her ex, okay? Number four, how she met Kwame. She met him in February 2016 at a pop-up restaurant he worked at in Boston. Number five, the photo is literally just of him. And it says Maya wiped Kwame from her social media profiles. So she's deleted all of his presence from her Instagram because they were engaged, but then they broke up. The other thing that makes me think that there's, it stands to reason that the two of these people could be together is that their relationships, their most recent mm. high profile relationships ended at around the same time. Because if you'll recall, mm -hmm. Yvonne Orji was also dating someone who was famous, Emmanuel Acho. So they broke up in like late 2019, early 2020. You though, you keep saying this, you keep hammering this in because I feel like you think the caller knows something and has an agenda. And I think the caller like has an agenda. Tipping us off without <laughs> tipping us off. Like the caller's like, are Yvonne Orange and Kwame dating? Like, oh, interesting. Like, I don't know. I saw it. And it's like, you may, you're telling us that. Yeah. I feel like the caller might be from like bleep bloop PR or something. It was like, I have <laughs> bleep, a plan. Not bleep bloop. <laughs> bleep bloop PR is being like, I'm going to call Who Weekly and see if this works. And guess what, caller at bleep bloop PR? This might be working. <laughs> we're, we're not demois, but it works. The thing is, I was willing to just like skip this story altogether until Timmy found the photo of them together in 2021. Because I was sort of like, this is nothing. These are just two friends. But then this photo that's recent. But then... You're, you saw his hand, his arm swung around her front and you said, she let it linger. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Lindsay, have I ever taken a photo of, of you with you like that? Okay, but that's with my hand grazing your stomach just delicately <laughs> at a football game. How many times do I have to say I'm allowed to be heteronormative because they're at a football game? <laughs> like, come on. You Give don't count because you're barely putting your arms around people sometimes. No. It's like <laughs> no arms around people. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know, but that's okay. You can be the one that says yes, and I can be the one that says I don't know. Okay. So according to me, they're potentially <laughs> potentially dating. <laughs> according uh -huh. to Lindsay, they're just friends. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to talk about Summer House anymore. Let's move on. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it's it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm -hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get. And that's the one I got. And that's the one that I love. And that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm -hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm -hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently, their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper, some people are back sleepers, some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin it's, time it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy 
some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I hate and Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, guys. Um, Brooke, Brooks Barnes, the New York Times, just wrote this article about Bruce Bozzi. Why? Who the fuck is Bruce Bozzi? Thanks. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Why? That's so fu- Why? <laughs> Did you read it? That's the, po- the, the profile should tell you why. A good profile is going to tell you why you're reading it, you know? Why, Lindsay? Did you read it? Why? <laughs> I did. I mean, I knew about I knew about a lot of this, but uh, it is funny to have these characters that are that are written about every ten years or so as a reminder that they exist and are interesting. Like yeah. he, I knew he's still interesting in the same way he was interesting ten years ago. You know, like Bruce Bozzi, he used to run the Palm, those restaurants with the caricatures that mm-hmm. celebrities loved, and is good friends with Andy Cohen and Sarah Jessica Parker, and is married to Brian Lord. Brian Lord, who is uh, Billy Lord's father, he used mm-hmm. to be married to Carrie, uh, Fisher. Carrie Fisher. That's interesting. Like, I think this uh, profile is to promote his liquor brand, actually, which is doesn't happen till the bottom. Which is the liquor brand that An- that Andy Cohen got drunk got on, fucked up on uh, New Year's <laughs> Eve, right? You know? But I don't think that this this profile does anything else other than say like have a bunch of his friends be like he's a cool guy. The interesting part being the Palm history and his relationship with Carrie Fisher, but they barely even touch on that. Like, yeah. I don't know. You're right. What is the what? What do you think is the point of this? Like, what? What do you? What are your thoughts? I think the point is the liquor. I mean, we yeah. when we we got a call about this. I don't have to play it, but when we were talking about Jordana Brewster's Us Weekly, uh, Twenty Five Things, uh-huh. we said, "Oh, wow, there's weirdly no self promotion in here. It's just very earnest." There was one thing uh-huh. where she said her favorite liquor brand was some liquor brand. It didn't. It wasn't hyperlinked, and I went to the liquor brand's website, and I didn't see her anywhere on it. So I was like, "Oh, I guess this is genuine." But no, she is a brand ambassador for that liquor brand. I should have done Stop. famously one more Google. So like leaving the peg out of the picture, this is just very like New York Timesy because he's a very man about town in New York, and he has a ton of New York friends. So it's like, uh-huh. okay, he's best friends with Tom Ford and Barry Diller and Anderson Cooper and Sarah Jessica Parker, and all these people love him so much that they're willing to give Brooks Barnes at the New York Times comment. So like. It makes sense that they wrote about this, but like the only peg is the liquor, I think. The thing that I forgot to mention that I think is maybe the most important, that's not true, but one of the most notable things is his husband, Brian Lord, is like an agent. Is Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about him. He like worked. He's like one of the biggest agents in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. I believe, at CAA or used to be at CAA or whatever. And the reason why Bruce, et cetera, knows all these, everyone's connected to all these celebrities is because Brian represented like all of them. Mm -hmm. And Bruce has this podcast that is off and on that is like interviewing people at lunch. And the first guest was Jennifer Aniston. And why is that? Oh, because, you know, they spent years together trying to become actors. They were, they were like lived in, he worked at the Palms and met her when she was like auditioning. I love that he worked at the Palm because it was his family restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And the pa- the whole thing about the Palm was that it was a celebrity watering hole. Like mm-hmm. they, it was always like, let's go hang out at the Palm. Of course it fell into bankruptcy via getting sued for some reason. They don't really say what, but they don't own it anymore. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to do his uh, celebrity ass kissing elsewhere. Yeah. I think that, Maybe the this isn't really a peg, but like there is something kind of interesting for our purposes in this profile because it's like even this guy who kind of has all the pieces doesn't quite get what he really wants, which is to be yeah. an actor, to be a successful actor. Like 
He's got the money. He's got the proximity to fame. He's got the connections. And yet uh-huh. the thing that he's famous for is being the friend and owning a liquor brand. <laughs> like, Can I suggest before we finish like some other profiles of recent that I thought were good and mm-hmm. like define yeah. themselves, you know, the profile of Mitski at Vulture I thought was really good. You know? Oh, yeah. Somebody who comes up on this podcast, but we're kind of like, what's there to say? She's great. You know, like, like her music. Alex wrote a really good profile on her that kind of gets to the crux of some things. So I liked that. And then you were talking about a profile this morning that I ended up reading that I enjoyed, though you had issues, but not issues with the profile itself, just issues with like the framing of her yeah, right now. But I thought it was a good profile, which is Kathy Griffin, who I feel like is almost a patron saint of this pod, but kind of not weirdly, mm-hmm. because when we started this podcast, she was like embroiled in this bullshit. But like spiritually, she kind of is a forefather to this. My life on the D list totally. is very much like the tongue in cheek joke that we've been talking about for the whole time, forever. Yeah. I you mean, know? she centered right? her career on being a very specific type of famous. And it's the type of famous that we love talking yeah. about. Right. Or at least like started trying to be genuinely famous and then realized, oh, I'm this type of famous and I'm going to lean in. Mm-hmm. Right. Shameless famous. And I think Kathy, despite however you feel about whether she's successful or what happened with her, whatever, da, da, da. Even though she's friends with other famous people, she still does that thing where she talks shit about famous people yeah. and therefore like alienates people that you can tell it hurts her, but she knows that that's her bread and butter, if that yes. makes sense. Like her and Andy Cohen have like a big famously a feud or whatever. Who I don't even remember why, but it's like those are the sacrifices that she makes. It's like sometimes she'll go to a party and people won't like her, but it's like her career is like talking shit about celebrities. She knows mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. she continues to do it. Yeah. She has been Kathy Griffin for 30 years. Like she yeah. has been exactly this person forever, which can be uh, frustrating. Um, I my issue with the profile I think the profile is, is worth reading I think it's just like if you are interested in the com- in the discourse surrounding cancel culture I'm using big air quotes cancel culture you should read this profile because I think it gets uh it will only make you feel crazier <laughs> because it it maybe it <laughs> so maybe, maybe not <laughs> it maybe accidentally shows how kind of hard to define cancel yes. culture is and yes. cancellation is because you have this story that is framed very explicitly about being about someone who has been canceled or as Kathy says I've been erased and yet the profile does nothing but sort of run down a list of everything that she's achieved in her career since being allegedly canceled in 2017 where it's like we have to find new terminology for what happened to her because what happened to her is not cancellation in like the sense that we've come to believe it is you have these really objectively successful rich people who are going to be fine getting caught in this echo chamber with other people who have allegedly been canceled and they just get angrier and angrier and angrier about it and they misinterpret it and they like they learn the wrong lessons from all of these things and so I just see this profile as like the result of learning weird lessons from everything and then and then actually bringing up the Mitski profile in Vulture is interesting because there's that whole section of the Mitski profile where she's like I don't want to give you too much and like Alex is writing like when I ask her for like more details about her life, she's like, she kind of closes off. And she's like, right. becoming more and more famous makes me paranoid because I don't really want to give you, I don't want to give you too much. Like, I have right. to figure out how much I'm comfortable giving and how and much I'm comfortable using yet. press. And like, obviously, right. she understands that the more press you get, the more famous you get. So it's like, she's in this stage of her career where she's trying to decide how much she's willing to give of herself. And I think part of her argument is like, I give it in the music and like, that's enough. You know, yeah. and I think that it yeah. is, but um, yeah. no, no, they're 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 good like dueling profiles, all of them. But that's what I'm saying. It's like this profile like made me think, and like obviously is like a a good conversation starter for us because Kathy is such like an interesting, divisive character. It's it's frustrating, and I kind of think the things that are frustrating about this have less to do with Kathy Griffin than the way that this profile was framed. But also she seems to be playing into it. And I think that these profiles only make of course. this... I think these profiles only make this sort of discourse worse and more irritating because they keep giving oxygen to this idea that people who are actively working and successful are canceled. And that's not what cancellation is. 
like there are conversations to be had about what cancellation is because I think everyone's disagreeing. Well, but then it flips on like, oh, I'm I'm canceled and that's my brand yeah. and I make money off that. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, that's yeah. not what canceled is either. And yeah. I wouldn't want Kathy to be part of that narrative because I think she's better than that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's not this like disgraceful figure. She pissed Trump off. Mm-hmm. Good. She pissed like, off MAGA Good. Yeah. Great. We love it. So that's why I don't want to have her be in the same breath and have the same attitude as people who I'm like, fuck you, you know? Just like this profile, she's like, I was erased in 2017. I've been touring internationally ever since. And please come to my new $9 million mansion that I bought two years ago um, in the middle of my cancellation to do a photo shoot for my profile about cancellation. I'm like, okay, give me a fucking break. The segment is called Three Profiles. (laughs) I actually... Love that as a segment idea. Three profiles. Three profiles. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. So I just saw this video about how one of the girls from Singles Inferno. Actually, have you guys been spoken about that? It's like so popular, a Korean show. But one of the girls like wore fake Chanel and she had to like write an apology to the fans to be like, I'm so sorry for wearing fake Chanel. The way she did it was, like, she hand-wrote a note and then posted a photo of a handwritten note on Instagram. And I've seen a lot of, like, Korean celebrities do this. Like, not just for apologies, but just, like, to let people know things. Can we bring can we bring this to the West? Like, I think that's much better than Mozart, like, a handwritten apology. I want to see, like, celebrities handwriting. Like, thoughts? Has anybody done this? Like, I think it's such a great idea. All right. Grateful Shana. Handwritten apologies. Let's make it the new trend. Let's make it the new trend. Well, I feel like we're brought up a lot when people talk about notes apps because that was mm-hmm. a big notes app apology was like one of the things we talked about for a while when it was first a thing. Now Still it's do. kind of like old hat. And a lot of people use notes app for lots of different types of uh-huh. things in a way. And that uh-huh. was bound to happen because it almost went niche to like general. And now it's hard to say like, oh, it's always an apology. Oh, it's always used for that. You know? Exactly. But this is an, an, an a very interesting twist on the matter yes. because I didn't know that this was such a kind of institutional thing where in Korea they're doing apologies by hand. Almost yeah, almost exclusively. So this is all from the Singles Inferno Star <laughs> Songjia, which I am so excited to watch. I was told that this show is a mix of Love Island and Terrace, and Terrace House. House. That is those Your are my shows. <laughs> those are literally my shows and of course i text our friends um like our ter- my terrace house fan friends like did you hear this and they were like oh we're already done with it and i'm like <laughs> why the fuck did you not tell me like i feel i mean thanks to timmy timmy was the one who was like oh I this show it. is this minus this cross this and i don't think timmy knew about my terrace house obsession but talking about relationships while you do the dishes that's my vibe <laughs> mm-hmm. anyways i can't wait to watch she had posted some photos of her like with yeah what did she apologize for fake designer goods and so what? people like, got mad at her like, for po- i mean it's I very get? like patrizia reggiani i put that in the notes where it's like it reminds me of that scene in house of gucci where she gets really mad at finding all the fake gucci and like losing her shit so in response to the outrage okay song Jia, who has millions of followers on instagram like it's no small number hand wrote an apology letter took a photo of that apology letter and then put it on Instagram. And the apology, according to who translated this, all K-pop translated it from Korean to English. First, Mm. I sincerely apologize to everyone who has been disappointed and hurt because of me. I'm going to honestly explain about the fake designer items that are currently becoming a controversy. Some of the comments currently being made about the fake designer products I wore on social media and on Singles Inferno are true. I'm really sorry. I apologize once again for any situation caused by the infringement of the designer's creations and ignorance of the copyright. As a person with a dream of launching a brand, I will seriously recognize the controversy and reflect deeply. They're essentially calling her a hypocrite. They're Mm -hmm. like, you want to sell clothes, you want to have a brand, Mm -hmm. and you're wearing like fake Gucci. That's like kind of fucked up. I mean, I'm not like pissed about it, but I do understand why that would be something that would, if you're demanding authenticity from people, which I think there's a lot of expectation of that. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're starting a brand. You're right. Yeah. Right. When I was looking this up, I was like, wait, I was seeing more headlines about Korean celebrities, like Korean reality stars, K-pop stars, who, when they would fuck up publicly, celebrities fuck up publicly all the fucking time, and they apologize about it. That's half of our show. But 
In Korea, it's very common for the celebrities to apologize using this method, which is not Notes app, which is not a screenshot of a Word document. It is a handwritten apology photographed and uploaded, and it's everywhere. We have like a dozen examples of this just like right here in our notes about times this has happened in the past, you know, six years, right? And so I was on a K-pop I'd be website. I'd nervous to do hand, like my handwriting is awful, you know? Like, yeah, mine is disgusting. Awful. Just mine is fully awful. Disgusting. <laughs> I saw this one website. Someone said, we spoke to a Korean linguist and they said, let me just read what they said. And they said, our ancestors, as in Korean, uh, Korean ancestors, believed handwritten letters showed a person's emotions. And I was like, seeing that, I was seeing that cited in a lot of places. And I was like, that's kind of like a vague explanation. So we reached out to some friends. We found everyone basically giving the same responses. I'm going to quote all the people, all of the firsthand sources. It's because historically people in Korea believe that handwriting calligraphy was how people truly display their emotions. We're talking like hundreds of years ago, but the tradition has continued where handwriting is seen as a more sincere form of communication. Okay. So it's about sincerity, apparently. It's about showing that, like, no, I'm taking the time to write this for you. It's less that, like, the emotions are evident within the the, the strokes of the hand than it is, like, because I took the time, that shows that I'm being sincere. I get it. To be fair, the, like, n- the notes app apology backlash happened pretty quick where mm-hmm. where it is now seen as very cynical to do that, mm-hmm. like, very disconnected. Yeah. Maybe we do need a new way. If we're apologizing all the time and those apologies don't necessarily work, why aren't we adjusting our apology method? Like, why do we keep doing the same thing over and over again, which is write these like bullshit notes apologies? Why aren't we switching our methodologies to something else like handwriting a letter and writing it? Whether or not we use it, it's just interesting to me that notes app apologies became such a cultural thing here. And over there, they're doing handwritten photos taken and posted to social media. Like that there's this kind of like through line through both that everybody's fucking apologizing for the same shit, you know? Every celebrity is apologizing. (laughs) But each culture has a way that it is like trained or quote unquote wants to accept, to receive that apology, to receive that please forgive me language like what you know what's the style that kind of best suits the culture to really take it in or not or something like that's what's that's to me what's like fascinating about this it's effective to me like i totally understand why this is effective and why like psychologically people believe it but god knows my handwriting is not ready for prime time i'm always impressed when people have good handwriting because mine is disgusting Disgusting. Anyway, let's make this the trend. Let's make this the trend. Okay. Wait, I have some breaking news. Oh, no. What? Okay. (laughs) Here's the headline. Eminem characters redesigned for a, quote, more dynamic, progressive world, Mars announces. (laughs) Are you ready to see what is going on? This is is going to... (laughs) The most notable change will include... The green M&M's redesign. The sexy M&M? This is, I'm going to protest, which will exchange the white-heeled go-go boots she was given in 1997 for a cool laid-back sneakers to reflect her effortless confidence. Mars had received criticism for the green M&M's sexy characterization. The green M&M will also be better represented to reflect confidence and empowerment as a strong female and known for so much more than her boots. Are you fucking kidding me? She's an M&M. They gave the sexy M&M converse and it's like, now we're feminist. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. You're going to cry. The green M&M and the brown M&M will have a more friendly relationship <laughs> showcasing oh a God. force supporting women. The two characters dynamic will have them together throwing shine and not shade. Oh, uh, uh. Amina, sue them, the company said. The two characters have sometimes been at odds in advertisements, but they have also been seen as friends. Haven't they been seen as lovers? Aren't they gay? Yeah, people were like, oh, are they lesbians? Yes. Mars also added that the brown M&M's heels will be lowered to a professional heel height. Like, she's wearing a, a pair of, like, white pumps. This is a travesty. I am so mad. I wonder if this is just Eminem being like, we don't, we don't, we can't deal with like chatter around sexuality and and gender. I know, but I'm so mad because the green Eminem is like it's disappointing. It brings our culture together. This Eminem is sexy. Like, why? No, I'm boycotting Eminems. Let them be lesbians. This is annoying. 
This is so annoying. Let them be lesbians. They lowered. Oh my God. This side by side. They went from the Alexis Nyers pink Louboutins to BB kitten heels. <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. Not BB kitten heels. And I cannot believe Not the green M&M went from go-go boots to. Wait, they're literally like Converse. <laughs> they're just sneakers. I cannot with this entire thing. This is so upsetting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really I just I knew this would hit a nerve. I'm sorry. It says that this is their attempt to have better gender representation. What? <laughs> no. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't. You derailed us, but no. No. I'm never buying M&Ms interest- again. Oh. I'm not buying M&Ms again until the brown M&M is in calf defining pumps, <laughs> not kitten heels. Until the green M&M gets her go-go boots back, I will not buy M&M's. No, fuck this. I know. You, she's not legend without her go-go boots. I hate this. Next call. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not crop. So it'll just be like a cropped iPhone photo that's on the aura frame. Exactly. With comments and everything. It'll just be on, (laughs) it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. Ad photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, I just saw a story about how Ashley I and Jared from The Bachelor Universe have planned to name their uh, son Dawson, and they really want the public to know he's named after Jack Dawson from Titanic. But of course, the first name that jumped to my mind was Dawson Leary from Dawson's Creek. So I just wanted to pose the question to you guys, who's the Vemir character when it comes to the name Dawson? Dawson Leary or Jack Dawson. I would argue Dawson Leary is actually Vemir just because Dawson's actually his first name. But I do understand that Jack Dawson is perhaps one of the Vemiest like fictional characters of all time. Um, so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it and like what name or what character came to your minds first when you heard that they were going to name their baby Dawson. Crunch, crunch. Dawson's Creek comes first, not Jack Dawson. <laughs> They're telling everyone this do you know where they revealed this where oh amazon live amazon show live. <laughs> they revealed this on their amazon live spawn isn't that so upsetting <laughs> absolutely not shocking at all i think they've revealed like everything on their amazon live stream show uh i've been weird about saying the name out loud just because i do, like it's already a name it's not i like know it's not like it belongs to me isn't that funny? Like, what? I don't know why you feel such ownership about it. I do. I feel a lot of ownership about it. Is that normal to feel ownership over your child's name before you reveal it? I, like, don't want people to, like, I want it to still remain a not-so-popular name. I don't think it's going to increase in popularity just because we named our child. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. But there are, but there have been people who've guessed. Anyway, okay, I'm saying it because you guys are going to get impatient. Too late. His name is 
Dawson Dimitri Haven. Dawson Dimitri Haven. Someone else called about this last week, but we didn't talk about it because we don't talk about them every single week. But Ashley I and Jared also opened a coffee shop in Rhode Island. These They're doing everything. What's their coffee shop called? It's called like... It's like their mom's name or her mom's name. It's or like something. a family biz or whatever that they all opened up together. And they've got like signs about The Bachelor and like, I just was, I was like, wow, small business. That's a new one. Audrey's Coffee House and Lounge. Audrey's Coffee House and Lounge. The coffee shop is named after Ashley's mother. A poster of Audrey Hepburn hangs on the wall near a portrait of their dog, Lois. Okay. <laughs> You can't put a photo of Audrey Hepburn in your coffee shop named after your mother, a, na- a normal lady named Audrey. That is confusing and that is fucked up. <laughs> That's really disrespectful to your mother. That's so confusing, Ashley. I. <laughs> My dad's name is Chris. That's like me opening up a coffee shop called Chris Cafe, and then putting a photo of Chris Pine over the register and being like, I named this after my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) What? I just think it's cute that they're balancing their like crass Amazon live stream with a real life coffee shop. That kind of balances it out. I think that's cute. Opening a coffee shop? Come on. That's like a a negative earning business thing. You know, you got to respect that. Okay, so they went on Amazon live and they were like, Our baby's name is Dawson. And what they have to do is they have to make it clear that they named their baby after Jack Dawson from Titanic and not Dawson Leary from Dawson's Creek. And isn't that so funny that they have to, they know that that confusion is going to be made because those are two perfect millennial touch points. (laughs) Like. It just could be so either one and no one's going to think Dawson as in Jack Dawson, which is like, I guess hilarious, but people are going to think Dawson's Creek, you know? Their full statement is, This is Jack Dawson from Titanic Inspired. We are a little concerned, not concerned, but we want people to know that this is not after James Vanderbeek's character. This is after a Leonardo DiCaprio character. Titanic has always been my favorite movie of all time. I was 10 when I saw it. If you had to name your kid after anyone in Titanic, though, what would it be? Uh, After Mr. Andrews, because he's honorable. Uh, (laughs) Mr. Andrews, he sunk the boat! Thomas Andrews' finger, yeah. He sunk the boat. Okay, what are my options here? I don't know. You tell me. What if I just name my kid Francis Fisher no matter what they are? Francis Fisher Finger. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Cal is short for Caledon? <laughs> no, that's crazy. I'm naming my kid First Officer Murdoch because then I can say, take her to see Mr. Murdoch constantly. <laughs> I'm either naming my kid First Officer Murdoch, Fabrizio, <laughs> or Old Rose. <laughs> it's, good. it's good you're not having a kid. <laughs> Old Rose. <laughs> First name old, middle name Rose, last name Finger. Old Rose Finger. (laughs) This is my kid old, as in old Rose. (laughs) Okay, if you had to pick a name, if you had to name your kid after Titanic. You asked me this. Uh, Iceberg Weber. (laughs) That's perfect. That's better for this because then you go, I know you're probably thinking that I'm naming my kid after the lettuce, but I'm actually naming it after the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. It's not the lettuce. It's after the Titanic. Don't be confused. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, can you rate the Euphoria girlies from Who to Them or Them to Who? Um, obviously, like, Zendaya is the themiest. And maybe Sydney Sweeney, who's Cassie, maybe she's second. But the other girlies, like Hunter Schaefer... Barbie Ferreira, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name right. Maud Apatow, Nepotism, and Alexa Demi. So out of the, all our girlies, uh, all of our stunning girls who, yeah, who to them? Okay, crunch, crunch. Zendaya, Hunter Schaefer, Sydney Sweeney, Maud Apatow, Alexa Demi, Barbie Ferreira, Storm Reed. Who to them? This is hard because it is kind of a little bit of a mush, and they're kind of a little, a lot of them are in the same like spot of their career. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think Alexa Demi and uh uh and Barbie are kind of at the same spot in terms of bottom. like buzzy, written about on Nylon magazine. <laughs> if you watch Euphoria, you know them. Fashion girlies on Instagram, but like still kind of like up and, you know, this is still maybe the main thing they're known for. And even though Alexa Demi has been quote unquote around for like 10 years 
she's just been lingering, you know? Right. But that's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Lingering. <laughs> and then I would say moving up from there, you have Maud Apatow, who is just a little above because of the Apatow thing and mm-hmm. was in like her parents' movies, you know, mm-hmm. as a guy. Name recognition. Kid. Yeah. Then I would say... I feel like Storm Reed though is above like Hunter and Sydney because Storm has been in like a lot of stuff. Storm's just been in more stuff. I think that Sydney and Hunter are at the same exact level. Sydney and Hunter are like neck and neck buzzy though. And I think that Storm is one millimeter above them. Yeah. Because Sydney Sweeney is what? Like Sydney Sweeney's literally just like Euphoria and White Lotus in terms of things that have gotten her buzz and Storm Reed has been around for so much longer getting buzz as like, oh, look at this child star who's like getting more and more prominent roles. As someone who doesn't watch Euphoria, I'm seeing Storm a lot in a lot of places. I'm not seeing the other Euphoria cast members in a lot of other places. Yeah, totally. It just feels very contained, even though I know they're like their aesthetics are taking over youth culture every yeah. time Euphoria returns. So we're going right now, we have Barbie Ferreira and Alexa Demi, neck and neck on the bottom. Next up, we have Maude Apatow. Next up, we have Sydney Sweeney and Hunter Schaefer, neck and neck in the middle. Then we have Storm Reed, And then above them, Zendaya, which is inarguable at this point. Inarguable. 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 Okay. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, second time. Um, just had a question about Maniskin. Are they a who or a them? I ask because I just came back from Argentina. Heard them a bunch of like playing in bars and stuff while I was there. They obviously had the big um, song that was on TikTok with the uh, begging cover. And they're on the Coachella lineup. And so... I don't really know what to think. Who are them? And then I guess, like, secondly, who has been the biggest? And I know it's not Eurovision time yet, but, you know, we're still a couple months away. Um, but you guys were talking about the Albania um, contestant, and it got me thinking, like, who's the biggest, like, Eurovision then, like, in recent memory? I don't know who it would be, um, but really need to know. Scardrobe Pizza Roll. Monoskin, 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 yeah. And he's right about the caller is correct. It's like it is a little bit like unusual and uh, surprising to have a a Eurovision winner break out in this way. Mm-hmm. We haven't had this since Abba, Celine Dion, et cetera, et cetera. Even though, like Abba, probably right, like Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine. But some Katrina of that was Katrina and like, the Waves, it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, scrolling through a list of winners, and it's like Celine Dion really doesn't count because Celine Dion would have been famous she would, anyway. Right. Like, well, kind of. It's really Abba is really like the is like the crown jewel of Eurovision and like kind of their greatest export, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of like stuff that gets really internationally big. Eurovision stars do stay pretty famous in Europe. I mean, they still they still really do. Like you see like that guy Duncan Lawrence, remember his song Arcade or something, that slow song that was so lame. That was all over the place. Like Conchita Worst is is famous. Yeah. Yeah. Loreen, people still mention Loreen because that song is so iconic. Well, not really. I mean, Euphoria, that song, but less Loreen. But I'm just saying, like, the fact that they're playing SNL, they had this, they did a cover of that song and it got really big on TikTok. Like, they're doing the most. They are. Definitely who's. Definitely who's, though. Yeah, they're definitely who's. That's the thing. That's the long winded way of saying they're definitely who's. And also, like, it's more likely for a guest host to be a them than it is for a musical guest. I just feel like musical guests use them as launching pads in a different way than hosts. Mm-hmm. That's a long-winded way of saying it's more likely for you not to know who a musical guest is than for you to not know who a guest host is. Do you think that's fair? Well, it's like it's like music culture is a little bit more youth culture-y forward than like other stuff. Like yeah. the, the actors are promoting like big tentpole projects that usually you hear about versus like music where it's like they always want somebody new and flashy and fresh. Yeah. That's more less of like... You know, they want less of like what you've heard of. You outgrow the musical guests and you sort of grow into the guest hosts is Mm. maybe a fair Mm -hmm. thing to say. Maybe. Totally. Yeah, sure. Sure. 
Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I called earlier about Melanie Linsky, um, who are them, but I think the better question is, can you rank the Yellow Jackets ladies from who to them? So Melanie Linsky, uh, Juliette Lewis, uh, Christina Ricci, and Tawny Cypress, who I didn't know before this show. Um, and I also think it's interesting that Christina Ritchie gets the with credit and Juliet Lewis gets the and, which to me means that Juliet Lewis is probably the most demi, or at least with the most name recognition, even though I think Melanie Linsky probably in the next couple of years might, might transition from who to them. She feels very cuspy, if not already of them to me. Um, okay. Thanks. Crunch, crunch. Melanie Linsky, who we've talked about before, is like a is like a Sarah Paulson type actress. You have to understand. It's like somebody who's been around, done everything kind of character, but now getting that like kind of revitalization because TV itself is needing more or is like finding better places, better roles for women in their 40s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it is. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of of um, Kathy. Uh, oh my God! I almost said Kathy Najimy, but I meant um, what's her face? I love Dick Star. What's her name? Catherine. Mrs. Hahn. Fletcher. It reminds me of Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, Oh, Catherine Hahn. Where'd she Where'd she come from? It's like check any rom com from the nineties. Mm-hmm. She's in it. She's playing the friend. You know, it's just it. It's a fascinating, and I think Melanie Linsky falls squarely in that space. Hmm. Spent the early part of her career as a supporting character, and now she's mm-hmm. like, I'm the lead. And she's a right. Kiwi. She's a Kiwi. She's, she's dating Kiwi. Jason, um, Jason Ritter. They're married. They're married. They're married. And she used to be married to your one of your number one faves. Of course, you know that. Who? Jimmy Simpson. <gasps> I love Jimmy Simpson. I love... My favorite interview. Melanie Linsky, Juliet Lewis, Christina Ricci, Tawny Cypress. Who to them? Um, oh, and to answer the question about and or with, I think we've talked about this before. It's like and or withs are always weird contractual things. The way that I've understood it, it's like an ego thing where it's like they negotiate a and or a with into the credits. It, Wait, oh, the the and or the with. Right, right, right. It really, it doesn't have to mean the same thing everywhere. I, the easiest explanation that I've been told, that I've been told when I've tried to ask people who know better than I do, it's like, it's just specific wants from those actors. It's the actors being like, I want an and or a with, or specifically I want an and and a with. And I think the reason it's like, and Juliette Lewis with Christina Ricci is because you don't want to have two of the same ones. And so they found some sort of agreement where Juliet got the with and Christina got the and. <laughs> they both provide a similar function to the show, you know? I mean, I think before the show itself was like, oh, everyone loves and it's good. Having them in it felt a little bit like, like well, obviously they're good, but it's also like, these are the names. These are have to be the names like yeah Juliet Lewis and Christina Ricci make sense as the with and the and because they're definitely the two most famous of those four women mm-hmm. having said that I think who to them I think we start with Tawny Cypress Thaisa Melanie Linsky Shauna Juliet Lewis Natalie Christina Ricci Misty you're saying Ricci edges out Lewis <sighs> yeah now that I'm saying it I'm not sure if that's fair it's really hard. That's it's really, 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 really hard. Wow. Ricci gives me personally a little more of a tingle. <laughs> a tingle? Even though I think that Juliet Lewis is a much better actor. <laughs> um, I do too. I think Juliet Lewis has been around longer and is more like involved within like Hollywood lore. Uh-huh. But I al- but I also feel like Ricci. Hmm. That name, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci's just. Ugh. Christina Ricci's just that person that it's like, oh, we're all we're all rooting for you. We're all rooting for you to like transition into Christina adult fame Ricci. successfully. And it's like Juliet Lewis kind of already has done that. Yeah. Not to any sort of like bombastic extent. Well, but... Christina Ricci is waiting and and I think this is always the narrative, but Christina Ricci is waiting for her comeback moment in this weird way. And I feel like mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets is it. And mm-hmm. comeback not even like has to win an Oscar, but just like everybody was like, We love Christina Ricci, and then she went away for a while. And it's like, What happened to Christina Ricci? And it's like, Oh, she's gonna new show and the show is good. Like that's or cause she was doing those weird shows where she was like on Lifetime playing like Lizzie Borden. And I was like, No one cares. Stop mm-hmm. doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't satisfying people. People asking, where is Christina Ricci, if that makes sense. I'm going to throw Juliette Lewis up at the top. Yeah. 
I think Julia Lewis is going to edge out Christina Ricci. But I think they're both thems. I think that we have two who's on the bottom and two thems at the top. I agree. Anyway, I think that answers it. And if you want to hear us talk more about Yellow Jackets, come to our Patreon. We're going to talk about it this weekend. Yeah. Patreon.com slash weekly. And I think with that, we're done. We've been recording for over two hours and I got to edit no, this I'm down like to like a my solid brain 75. A you can I'm tell have to I'm cut like zoning out. Minutes of this. I'm zoning out. I'm still pissed about the green m M&M. and I'm still thinking <laughs> about her. Put her, give me her boots. Thank you for listening to another episode. Thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for providing our theme song, our read a theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for researching and assisting. Thank you to our patrons. We talked about them. Thank you to everyone who rates and reviews us on Apple Podcasts. We love your ratings and reviewings, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM. Bye. Bye. Hey. Uh, Iceberg Weber. Hello. I'm calling because I was at LAX yesterday with my husband, and he was in the security line. I was not with him because I have pre-check and he doesn't, whatever. And he was behind a celebrity, and he spent the next full hour trying to figure out who it actually was. He says he first noticed because she had a beautiful, expensive coat and a platinum Rolex, and she was with her adult-aged daughter. And while we sat waiting for our flight to board, he was Googling things like actresses in their 50s, actresses who are blonde. And finally, when he Googled actresses <laughs> with a raspy voice, uh, we realized that it was Tia Leone. I just thought that was kind of an iconic way to recognize an actress. Um, thanks. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, medium time, medium time. I just had to pause the pod and call with my one and only cool claim to fame that I shamelessly have to do anytime anyone brings up contact, which is say that I was in it as an 11-year-old growing up in Washington, D.C., who desperately wanted to be an actor. I got a featured extra role in contact, and I got to meet Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster. And they set up a green screen on the National Mall of Washington, D.C., and I screamed Ellie Ellie, which was Jodie Foster's character's name, um, in, like, sub-zero temperatures for hours. And it was the highlight of my prepubescent life, and it is the only fun party story I have now as a 30-something. Um, oddly, that movie is beloved by our generation, and I don't think anyone else even knows what it is. Okay, great. Love you, love you. Scarjo pizza roll. Bye-bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, long time, long time. I just had to uh, pause the latest episode to point out that Bobby refused to spoil Golden Girls, which came out a while ago, but pretty openly um, <laughs> uh, readily uh, spoiled the Jurassic Park movie. So, I don't know. I just thought it was funny and, I mean, understandable. Uh, sometimes, bye. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. This is Katie. Um, remember when you were talking about Borsan cheese a couple weeks ago? It made me really sad because cheese makes my stomach hurt. But it reminded me how much I loved it. And I was at Trader Joe's last night, and they sell dairy-free borsan. And I needed to share this because it's not fair of me to keep this for the dairy-free hooligans. Um, so Trader Joe's, dairy-free borsan. I'm eating it right now. It's really good. Crunch, crunch. Lindsay Weber, podcaster. Um, I'm 24 years old and just went to the JoJo Siwa concert, and I can confidently say that it is the best concert I've ever been to in my life. So, um, that's it. That's the call. Crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, pausing the podcast to recommend my absolute favorite Caesar salad that I absolutely would ignore Madonna for, which is, um, and this is really just a call for you guys in Brooklyn, but, uh, the smoked trout Caesar at Pizza Moto is like I I dream of it weekly, um, and I could eat it every day for the rest of my life. So uh, go get that and fuck Madonna. Bye. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by the CW. New series Naomi airs Tuesdays at nine eight central, or you can stream free next day on the CW app.